Hello everyone and welcome to Side Dish. This is an IFT podcast that dishes up perspectives from multiple disciplines related to the science of food and developing your career in a rapidly changing ecosystem. I'm your host, Bruce Perkin. The consumer trend of health and wellness is certainly not new. However, we've seen an acceleration of consumer interest in personal health and wellness over the course of the pandemic, and it would appear that this trend is now in consumers' minds more than ever before. Our guests today are from a storied flavour house with nearly a hundred years of experience partnering with food manufacturers all around the world. And that company is Virginia Dare. Virginia Dare has recently called wellness flavours their most influential taste trend of 2022. And this was among a range of other key trends that they've also identified. But we're going to focus today on the wellness part of that. So what better way to explore this exciting taste of wellness trends than to chat with some of the team at Virginia Dare. With us today is Bob Verdi, who's the Vice President of Business Development for Health and Wellness, and Philip Caputo, who leads Marketing and Consumer Insight Development for Virginia Dare. Bob and Philip, welcome to Side Dish. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Thank you for having us. Let's start today by asking you both to tell us a bit about your background and how you came to be in the role that you're in today. Bob, let's start with you. Sure, Bruce. So again, this is Bob Verde. Um, I manage the health and wellness category for Virginia Dare. Uh, I'm actually a food scientist by training. I do have the certified food technologist uh, designation. I started my career in product development, like many uh, food technologists. Uh, At some point in my career, I kind of transitioned over to the ingredient side of the business and worked a lot with nutritional ingredients, nutritional actives. After a while doing that, I then moved to uh, Virginia Dare, kind of leveraging that industry knowledge, market knowledge, and health and wellness, and kind of brought that to the company uh, in, in, in a flavor company role. And I've been at Virginia Dare for about 10 years now. That's really awesome. I'm sure a lot of our uh, younger food scientists will be thrilled to know that uh, uh, a food scientist can uh, graduate all their way, their way through the business right up to uh, vice president of business development for the health and wellness space. I think that's a, a, a great uh, role model that you've, you've set for us all, Bob. So, Philip, how about you? What's What's been your career path? So, I've been in the flavor industry now for about 12 years, I think a little over 12 years. Uh, it's not where I probably ever saw myself. Uh, I started an internship at uh, Hagelin Flavors in 2009. So, right before I finished college, uh, a friend had recommended me uh, to the owner. And I just remember thinking, I was like, well, I'm not going to go out to Jersey for a uh, an internship because uh, I was living in New York at the time. and uh, But I did. And it was actually an amazing world that I had no idea about, uh, you know, blending the science and the marketing aspect of things uh, together. So uh, after college, I was hired by Hagelin Flavors and worked there for five years. And then they were one, then they were purchased by Fruiterum. And I had left there in 2018, which is then where I started at Virginia Dare. And so I guess it's been about three years now, uh, going on four years. Excellent. So it seems that we've been talking about health and wellness as an important trend driving consumer behavior for quite a long time. So what's different now? 
How did the pandemic change the trajectory or nature of the way consumers are thinking about their health and wellness and, and the role that food plays in that? So, Bob, do you want to lead us off with that? Sure, Bruce. So during the pandemic, certainly consumers were concerned about their health. A good state of health, solid state of health would certainly result in a healthy immune system, if you will, to kind of help fight off that big, bad coronavirus. And really, before uh, the vaccines were available, it was really just about our natural immunity and, you know, what could we really do to, again, stay healthy and kind of avoid, avoid the virus. So with that increased awareness, if you will, and, and concern with our health, I, I think it really led to uh, an uptick in, in healthy eating, more concern for individuals' health. Uh, the whole explosion of, you know, working out at home. Um, so I think it was a combination, you know, the age old advice of, you know, healthy eating and, and exercise. I think we saw really both of those kind of explode uh, during the pandemic. Again, as, as consumers were just trying to improve their overall state of health and kind of derive from that their their overall immunity. Mm, yeah, just grasping at straws for something that they can control as opposed to all the stuff that's going on around them that they can't control. Absolutely. <laughs> so apart from the pandemic, are there any other drivers of this increased consumer interest in wellness that we've seen? Philip, do you, what do you think? Uh, I mean, to add to what Bob said, I would uh, say that consumers were uh, already adapting more healthier lifestyles. Uh, I mean, definitely increased during the pandemic, but it's definitely a trend that we've seen over the past couple of years. I know when I started uh, 10, 12 years ago, there there was a focus on health and wellness, but having every single product that you consume that has some kind of functionality to it, it wasn't really as present. Uh, so it's actually been really nice to see the progression uh, over the past couple of years. Um, if anything stuck out to me, it would probably be the uh, holistic healing or the holistic approach that consumers are starting to trend toward. And it's a, a form of medicine that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. And it's all based on botanicals and herbalism. And I think it's great that consumers are getting back in touch with what holistic healing is. And that's just treating, uh, finding the root cause of whatever ailment or problem you're having and treating it as such. Uh, and that could improve your physical well-being, your mental well-being, and it's usually over time. A lot of holistic medicine is based on Eastern medicine and your functional botanicals and such. Right. right. So Virginia Dare uses the term wellness flavors. Now, to me, that certainly seems to be a fresh approach. What does that term actually mean to Virginia Dare and, and what are you trying to encapsulate with it? Philip, do you want to, to carry on with that one? Yeah, sure. So... When we talk about wellness flavors, you know, we wanted to come up with a term that describes uh, functionally inspired taste profiles. And these flavor profiles are actually based on ingredients that have an inherent therapeutic property of some sort, or they are associated with uh, an aromatic taste cue. And not to say that these flavors are uh, actual functional. They don't have a functionality themselves, but they're, again, inspired by certain ingredients that have a flavor profile and that consumers would associate, for whatever reason, uh, with the health benefits of those ingredients. So, so what was the inspiration for that concept? Uh, so the inspiration for this is really just the ingredients. And uh, again, there are ingredients that are very well known to, to have something, to have a therapeutic property. 
to better your health. I mean, I think ginger is a probably a great example, and I know Bob can probably speak to that. But uh, it's a flavor now that's very associated with wellness uh, for a variety of properties. Yeah, and, and some of the inspiration could go back to uh, herbal medicine, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic's uh, Ayurvedic medicine from India, and and looking at those plant-based active ingredients and really pairing those with flavor profiles that the consumer can kind of associate, you know, with, with whether it be calming and relaxation or uh, other flavors might be more invigorating, if you will. So if we take sort of the calming and relaxation as an example, you know, you might pair, let's say in a functional beverage or a functional shot, an active like ashwagandha, with flavors maybe like a chamomile or a lavender that kind of are associated with calming, consistent with that ashwagandha calming ingredient. Um, so that, that was some of the inspiration. Again, these things are uh, natural ingredients and, and close to nature, if you will. So that whole trend of kind of clean label uh, really is, is consistent with this whole wellness flavor uh, concept. So maybe we can should be breaking this down at, at another level and actually starting to get into some of the combinations you've come up with. And I, I'm guessing that it, it it's a little bit like um, looking at the functional ingredient and working out which flavors are, are most complementary to that functional ingredient. And so therefore, you know, what we're really looking for is how those different flavors pair with those functional ingredients. So let's start and dig into this a little deeper by looking at the group of taste profiles that Virginia Dare has has put under the broad trend of wellness flavors that you've called mood fluences. I mean again you've coined a new word there which I think is pretty interesting and and I'm I want to dig into that word and and understand that a little bit better. So what are consumers doing or looking for with these mood fluences and how is that leading to great flavor and functional ingredient combinations? So we wanted consumers to identify with particular flavors and what that therapeutic property would be. So yes, we came up with some creative names. Uh, it's always a lot of fun to just sit there and mm. uh, you know have a little brainstorming session. That's what marketers like us like to do. Uh, so the mood fluencers, uh, these are your, again, therapeutic wellness flavors. Um, and we would want those to be used with emotional well-being support products. And these type of products may include adaptogens, uh, therapeutic botanicals, and certain functional fruits. And overall, as far as the products go, it would be for mood-based products to improve your mood. Uh, that would also include mental acuity, mindfulness, and help with sleep. And uh, if you kind of look at um, like superfruits, a lot of people know that superfruits are now associated with your antioxidant. Those are like the those are wellness flavors. And the term superfruit was came up just to describe all of those flavors. And now we have that association. So pomegranate is well known now for its high antioxidants and uh, vitamins. So we wanted to do the same thing. So if a consumer is looking for something to improve their mood, uh, these would be the inf- these would be the flavors that are influencing that. And I can turn it over to Bob if you want to. Yeah, I'd I'd love to to dig into what specific functional ingredients and flavor combinations fit under the mood fluences. Can you just help us 
understand that a little better. And, and so I'd really, I'm kind of really in, inquisitive about uh, the nature of the, the combinations you've come up with. Sure. So just maybe a, a little bit more background on mood fluencers and why we have it so near the top. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, that's actually one of the uh, things that we hear most often from consumers is, uh, I don't want to say being de- being depressed, but certainly um, being stressed, let's say. And High level so anxiety, that, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stress and anxiety is, mm. is one of the most common things we hear kind of coming out of the, the pandemic. So the Moodfluencer segment, if you will, is, is certainly one of the strongest that we see in terms of trends. So, you know, I alluded to earlier, uh, one of the hot ingredients, functional ingredients, if you will, that's out there, um, not only functional foods, but also dietary supplements uh, would be ashwagandha. It's kind of uh, been a bit of a hero ingredient for uh, stress and anxiety. Another one that's been out there for a number of years would be something like valerian root. And then maybe not not so new that's been around a while, even ginseng is kind of uh, mm-hmm. known to be an adaptogen. So it'll sort of even out you know, your mood if you're maybe overly excited. It'll help calm you down. But at the same time, if you are stressed, uh, you know, it will kind of relax you a little bit. So, you know, as we started to say, um, flavor is kind of consistent with that relaxation and and calming. So, uh, you know, as an example, you could take something like chamomile, but, you know, maybe that doesn't sound that all appealing on its own, but you could pair it with something, you know, a little bit more uh, interesting and exciting, perhaps like uh, a tropical fruit, like passion fruit. So you can have mm-hmm. a passion fruit chamomile profile. Right. Uh, we do see the um, tropical fruit flavors kind of trending at the moment. I think it's adding a little bit more interest to consumers. It's a little bit more novel than your traditional uh, citrus fruits. So that would be a nice combination, something like passion fruit chamomile. Um, I also mentioned again, lavender again, more of the calming, soothing sort of flavor. And you could pair that again with something more familiar to the consumer, make it a little bit more perhaps appealing to them, make it a little bit more familiar. So you could go with a dark berry, um, either like a blackberry lavender combination or perhaps even a blueberry lavender combination. So mm-hmm. those, those would work quite well. And also we see tea trending, um, overall as, as a beverage, but it could also be used as certainly as a flavoring material and have something, you know, tea flavored. Uh, it could be, um, you know, maybe a, a white tea nectarine as, a, as an example. And, and again, we're kind of combining uh, two flavor profiles, maybe one more familiar with the consumer, maybe the other a little bit more adventurous to, again, add a little bit more, you know, interest and, 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 uh, just overall excitement to the concept, if you will. So, you know, again, there's some examples that, that we see kind of consistent yeah. with this uh, people looking to improve their mood and, and address stress and anxiety. Yeah, no, excellent examples. And they're uh, quite inspiring as well. So what about the flavor types that Virginia Dare has termed body boosters? Can you tell us about some of the exciting functional ingredient and flavor combinations that you feel fit into the body booster category? Yeah, so I'll start off with just defining um, what that term is. Uh, so under body boosters, we wanted to include all the taste profiles 
that have some kind of flavorful or aromatic uh, function to them that support your body's physical needs and your internal nutrition needs. And mm-hmm. these would be, uh, uh, most of these are based on uh, trends in consumer need states. And these products would feature targeted ingredients and nutritional properties uh, from the immune system to vision. So anything that has to do with the body. And uh, I can hand that off to Bob if you want to discuss some of the profiles. Sure. Uh, Before I get to some of the profiles, but even kind of building on what Philip was saying, some of the body's need states. So uh, as we kind of touched on earlier, coming out of the pandemic and even during the pandemic, one of the key ones was certainly immunity. And elderberry kind of rose to the top as sort of a hero ingredient of you, if you will, for uh, it for its immune boosting properties. So right. kind of if we work with that and pairing um, other flavoring materials with elderberry, something like an elderberry acai, as an example, mm-hmm. um, acai being uh, coined a super fruit a number of years ago, very high in natural antioxidants. Um, as many of you know, you know, antioxidants are, are very good kind of crunching free radicals and whatnot in the body and sort of helping with overall health. So again, pairing that elderberry with a, a no super fruit flavor, you know, in our opinion, it's kind of a, you know, very nice uh, combination. Another ingredient that sort of rose to the top during the pandemic would be tart cherry and its properties for immunity. And again, you could pair that with another complementary flavor, uh, perhaps a berry like boysenberry, uh, again, to deliver a very satisfying uh, flavor profile. But, you know, this concept of body boosters, it extends, you know, beyond immunity. Um, other indications that we've seen interest from, from the consumer uh, could be even digestion and digestive health. Right. There's been uh, an increase, I'd say, in the scientific literature, really uh, linking gut health to overall immune health. So I hate to bring it back to immunity, but just to kind of make that tie that, again, there are scientific studies that sort of, uh, you know, healthy gut, healthy body, healthy immune system. So more for digestive health, things like ginger have been known for, you know, many, many years. And even if you go back, you know, to uh, people's childhood, perhaps if you had an upset stomach, people would suggest, oh, we'll drink ginger ale. And part of the uh, history behind that is, you know, some of the early ginger ale uh, beverages had actual ginger in them. And yeah. again, they sort of help your digestive system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would certainly, you know, build on that today and use maybe ginger as a functional ingredient, but again, pairing it uh, with other uh, flavor pairings that would go well with that. Uh, ginger having some spice, you know, would pair very nice with, let's say, a, you know, a chai flavor. Right. Uh, so, you know, so there are ways to, you know, incorporate those in very satisfying flavor pairings. Other, let's say, overall health concerns and that would fall under this body booster category, something like inflammation. Inflammation's been in the news a lot recently as it relates to health. A lot of health conditions sort of fall back to inflammation, whether it be arthritis, heart disease, you know, perhaps even uh, dementia, you know, they all have their root back in, uh, in inflammation. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of consumer interest in anti-inflammatory uh, compounds. 
Again, one of the more common that's perhaps trending at the moment would be something like turmeric. So that could be incorporated in you know various uh, functional beverages. A- again, maybe pairing it with with chai, kind of a like a golden milk concept that's gets its golden color from the turmeric, but uh, some of the um, flavor notes from let's say a chai flavor, you know, would certainly be you know very much on trend. You know, as we as we kind of talk about these functional foods and and, and beverages. Sure, sure. So as you were talking, the the concept of the functional ingredient, a number of those do actually have some fairly significant flavor profiles of their own right. I mean, you you know, a couple that you mentioned there was you know tart cherry and ginger, you know, very distinct flavors in their own right. Is is it the intent of the Virginia Dare? Uh, approach to supply both the functional ingredient and the the flavor enhancer, for want of a better term, the the, the flavor partner probably is a more appropriate term uh, in a combination. Or are you seeing how are you seeing this uh, um, uh, being accessed by uh, your partners in the food industry? So we would um, allow the uh, product developer to select their their own active ingredient. So we are truly just a flavor company and would would supply just a flavor portion of that. So as you as you mentioned, ginger, yeah, likely there would be enough ginger in the product to deliver that that flavor profile on its own. Um, But consumers may not be that interested in just a single ginger profile. So perhaps to give it a little bit more of a mass appeal, we might combine that ginger with, let's say, uh, honey and lemon. So to deliver a honey lemon ginger profile uh, increases its 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 appeal, makes it a broader in appeal, if you will. So if somebody's, let's say, not looking for the heat of a ginger or the spiciness, again, right. if you pair it with a honey, it'll take some of the edge off it with the sweetness of the honey. Again, lemon would be in there to, to give a little bit of a, of a kind of a familiar um, element to the flavor. So we, we work with the active, let's say, you know, when they are quite strong and flavorful and kind of try to go for as mainstream a, a flavor profile as, as possible. You know, we certainly understand that, you know, some of these could be very niche, if you will. There's, I'm sure right. you can find consumers out there that would just love, you know, the heat of a strong, fresh ginger. Mm-hmm. But uh, to, again, to give it a broader appeal, we would likely uh, combine it with with other flavors to kind of round it out and, again, just broaden its appeal. So in essence, I think what you're really saying to us is that uh, you want to partner with people who are interested in functional foods to help inspire their products to go to the next level in terms of consumer appeal. Is, is that a, a reasonable way of encapsulating what, what it is you're trying to do with these wellness flavors? I, I think that captures it pretty well. I mean, when you survey consumers time and time again, a number of different studies, flavor is always the number one criteria when, when purchasing a, a, any actually any food or beverage, not just a functional food or beverage. It's, it's right up there with price. So certainly flavor is, is very important. So, you know, what kind of what we're discussing here is kind of the, the crux of it and you know, in, increasing consumer acceptance, really kind of dialing in that flavor and, and getting it right. And we have like customers come to us 
that want to make, let's say, a mood beverage and they don't know the functional ingredients or they do and they just want our recommendation. So we can recommend that uh, combination of ingredients for them and help formulate. And then, well, what products are going to appeal uh, to customers, let's say a mainstream audience, or what type of flavors will resonate with them to indicate what the beverage will do. Um, I did, uh, Bob mentioned tea before. Uh, kombucha is another good example, uh, fermented tea. And you know, we think we always forget that tea is actually like original wellness beverage. It's been around for, again, thousands of years. It is the original health and wellness beverage. So it's funny that we're getting all excited about these things, but they've been around for a while. Uh, but yeah, again, we will pick out these flavors that we think will resonate with consumers. And again, that they will see the product, see the flavors and be like, oh, this is for my digestion or uh, for my immunity. So there's another category that that I noticed that you, Virginia Dare, is also uh, working in, and that's the area that you call beautifiers. And that really sparked my uh, interest, of course, because um, uh, many of us could use a little bit of help in that area. So what are the functional ingredients and flavor combinations that you are seeing in that segment? So for under beautifiers, this group of wellness flavors uh, are particularly for your beauty and your healthy aging type products, usually skin, hair, and nails. So most of the ingredients that are based around, uh, the functional ingredients that are based around these products uh, don't have flavor. So collagen and biotin, for example, but there are certain botanicals and certain fruits that are high in antioxidants and they do contribute flavor. Uh, so off the top of my head, we mentioned superfruits before. Again, they've been around for a long time. We know they help with their antioxidant content. So we can bring those back in the form of dark berries. And there's also some refreshing profiles uh, that were once considered the spa flavors, I believe, in the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. uh, so your cucumber combinations, uh -huh. uh, citrus flavors are really good because of the vitamin C, but they're also invigorating. They seem fresh. And Bob, uh, do you have any ingredient insights? Well, Philip, you, you mentioned collagen. Certainly that's, uh, again, probably one of the most uh, rapidly growing and kind of uh, most exciting ingredients in the space. We're seeing a lot of uh, growth in, in collagen containing products. Uh, also the B vitamin, biotin, you, you find quite, quite often in these as active ingredients. Uh, but again, kind of leveraging both the, the, the flavor type being consistent with the product as well as uh, being perhaps in the product as an active um, you know, you mentioned antioxidants, Philip. So, you know, the broad category of antioxidants, anthocyanidins, um, are typically in the dark uh, fruits and berries. So things like, you know, right. blueberry, blackberry, uh, even the tart cherry that we mentioned earlier are high in these antioxidant components. So, you know, as you're talking anti-aging, um, and it, the antioxidants certainly play a, a pretty significant role there. So uh, again, whether it be, you know, some of these darker uh, fruits and berries or even tea, kind of another broad class of antioxidants, catechins, uh, that's some of the health appeal of tea, if you will, it's, is its catechin content. So, you know, again, we look for, you know, certain uh, botanicals that are high in catechins and certainly tea being one of those. So beyond this trend of wellness flavors that we've been talking about, what are some of the other flavor trends that Virginia Dare's research indicates will be a big part of our food future? 
Yeah, so we have named a number of them. Some, of course, are carryovers from years previous. You know, trends don't just pop on and then leave uh, by the year. Uh, so sweet spices, we started uh, tracking a couple, couple, the past couple of years. And uh, these flavor profiles are your more warm spices. And uh, they're kind of interesting because they're moving out of their seasonal association. Uh, cinnamon, cardamom, turmeric, uh, the chai type spice blends. And uh, they're moving out of that LTO, seasonal status. And people have like an emotional association with them. It's comforting. It's nostalgic. Uh, happy memories from your holiday desserts and cinnamon dolce lattes. So they're they're latching onto that. It's comforting. Uh, and it's also mm. rooted in, a lot of these spices are rooted in traditional medicines and functional teas, and they have therapeutic properties. So it's even tied back to wellness, uh, but people are becoming more comfortable with these spice flavors. They add complexity. Uh, they're exciting. Uh, it's a good way to like elevate a, uh, a classic type flavor, uh, which is another one of our trends that we have called out. Uh, so sweet spices are definitely on the uptick. Excellent. How about you, Bob? Is anything that you've seen in your Virginia Dare research which would indicate would be um, something that uh, we product developers need to be paying attention to as we're um, putting new products together? Sure. So another one that I would say is what we call kind of elevated classics. So kind of in the flavor world, the, the core flavors that consumers are, are very familiar with tend to dominate, but uh, food and beverage manufacturers are looking to kind of differentiate their products and add you know, a little bit of a unique twist, if you will. And one way they could do that is by taking something very familiar like vanilla, if you will, but then pairing it with more interesting combinations. So you know, perhaps doing something like a vanilla honeycomb and adding some, some um, honey flavor character to the product. And let's say if it was an ice cream, you know, maybe you can add some inclusion to it that might have a little bit of a crispy texture, again, and calling it vanilla honeycomb rather than just straight up old vanilla. Right. Um, same thing could be done with, with chocolate. You know, you could elevate it to calling it, let's say, chocolate malt or brownie batter um, mm-hmm. or, again, different ways to... Uh, to add interest to something as familiar with chocolate. And there's actually companies that may, let's say if they're either in the ice cream business or it could even be protein shakes, may have more than one chocolate SKU just for that very reason to appeal to uh, different tastes and also give the consumer a little bit of variety. So, okay, I'm a a chocolate lover, but am I going to buy that same uh, chocolate ice cream flavor five times in a row, or might I change between a brownie batter uh, and again, some other, uh, you know, chocolate malt type flavor, again, just to add some interest and kind of break up the routine, if you will. Right. Very good. So as we finish up here today, what advice would you give to those listeners who've been inspired by the information that you've shared? How can they get in contact with you for more information or even what steps should they take if they were so inspired that they would like to join the Virginia Dare team? Uh, our website is definitely the first place to go. Uh, you can find our email and our phone number there um, and LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, for our social content, uh, we have a blog where we do list all these trends. Uh, you can reach out to us uh, even for a sample request. And yeah, we can get the conversation going there. We give trend presentations uh, you know, more in depth for customers. Very good. And, and, 
and, and again, referring to our website, from time to time, we will post openings on our on our website, or as Philip mentioned, certainly our LinkedIn profile would uh, contain openings if you're interested in joining Virginia Dare. And I'll also mention that we do uh, uh, offer paid internships at Virginia Dare, particularly on the application side. So if somebody has an interest there, you know, you can certainly, uh, you know, reach out to us either again through LinkedIn or directly through the website. So I throw that option out as well. Yeah, I think the the website is an extremely good recommendation. I've certainly found it uh, a wealth of uh, excellent information when I uh, was having a look uh, earlier during the week. So yes, your website is very, very good. And the blogs that you've posted there on uh, various flavor types and combinations were very inspiring. So thank you both for your time today and your inspiring overview of the world of functional foods and flavors and where it's all headed. I'm sure Virginia Dare has a a big part to play in the future of uh, helping uh, product developers with their food development. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing these wonderful combinations that you've talked about appear in the market. And, And I hope that the wellness flavors is a trend that powers on for quite some time because I found it uh, quite inspiring today. So thank you both. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you also to our listeners. If you're enjoying Side Dish, please let us know by leaving a review wherever you source your podcasts or by connecting with IFT. You can find IFT on Twitter using the at IFT handle and by searching the Institute of Food Technologists on Facebook and or LinkedIn. For more on this subject and many other subjects, be sure to visit our website at ift.org and type in the subject you're interested in into the search box to gain access to a ton of extra resources. Thank you for listening to Side Dish. I'm your host, Bruce Perkin. Have a great day, everyone. Music